Hello from elsewhere. I'm Valerie. And I'm Casey. Casey. Yes. I hear you have an all-important question I do for have me. an all-important question. What fictional character would make the best writer of Mother's Day cards? As in, picture 500 Days of Summer, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character works at a greeting card company. What fictional character would be really good at that, at working at a greeting card, greeting card company and writing Mother's Day cards? Thankfully, you asked me this question a couple of days ago, so I've had some time to think it over. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't come up with any good ones until like just before the episode here. Mm-hmm. Here's my final answer. Rafiki from The Lion King. Interesting. I think he would just, you know, tell it like it is. He's like, she's either your mother or she isn't. <laughs> just be it, you know. <laughs> That's true. But is that one card that he would write over and over with various designs? Could yeah. he branch out and he would have he would have some other truths, you know. Yeah. Some deep wisdom. Exactly. For mom. Sometimes Mother's Moms. Day, you just need some deep wisdom. <laughs> um, What's your answer? My answer is Steve Rogers, Captain America. Steve comes from an old school time, and he's all about you know good language and being proper and a gentleman. And but I don't think like necessarily in a toxic way. But just he's he's just a good guy. He's you the know? son that every mother wants. Yeah, and he's he's just a. He's just a good Classy. dude, and I Classy think that he, he, I think he loves his mom. And uh, we never meet Mama Rogers in, in the movies, but yeah, I just always get that feeling about him that he's, he's good to his mom. And I think that he has a lot of mom-like wisdom in his head, and he is kind of like the mom of the Avengers anyways, you know? <laughs> he's like, I could see that. Come on, guys, let's not swear, you know, language. He's like, let's get our um, acts together, yeah. you know? Is, Always be honest. Yeah. He's teaching some good morals to the crew. Right. And that is the mother's job. Yeah, exactly. And the father's. I guess you could say he's the father. Or, I mean, the the filmmaker said Civil War is a divorce movie. So uh. I guess there could be two dads. But in a way, I think Steve Rogers is very much the mom. And Tony Stark is a dad. But maybe we're getting into some gender bias <laughs> on my part here, which... I will freely admit, but that's sort of how I picture Steve as as motherly. I could see that argument. I was really impressed with the answers. You asked this question on Instagram. Yeah, we got some good answers. And we got some great answers. I think my favorite was, was it Cammie who wrote in? Yeah, our friend Cammie. She wrote in Norman Bates. Yeah, which is just the perfect answer. And I I think she, if this was a debate, she would win. I agree. It's not a debate, but Mr. Bates there would just... I mean, he's obviously truly devoted. Yeah. But also... Those would be creepy cards. No, they'd be creepy only if... I think they'd be really beautiful cards until you figure out who's writing them. Uh, then it seems more creepy. Then it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but we also got um, Joe from Little Women. Yes, because she's a writer. And, and she were, loves her mom. What were some other ones? Um, Oedipus Rex. Yeah, some people said Oedipus after the Norman Bates thing, which is pretty funny. More than one person said Oedipus. Interesting. Multiple. Oh, someone said Molly Weasley. I think she'd be a good writer. I agree with yes. that one. I think Elizabeth Bennett would be another good Mother's Day card writer. I think hers would be funny, kind of. <laughs> you know, like the cards that you see, like, they say things like, I'm crazy, but I got it all from my mom or something like that. Those mm. are the kinds of cards that Elizabeth Bennett would write because her mother's a little crazy. Not crazy. She's a little uh, obsessive she's over there. She's enmeshed in the society. Yes, she just, takes you know, it very seriously. Exactly. Yeah. Very important to her you know but i mean she absolutely cares for her daughters 
Yeah. She wants what's best for him. Exactly. So tonight's episode, because Mother's Day, just a couple of days away, and uh, our kids have already told me what our what my Mother's Day gift is, Casey. Well, they said, I said, don't tell them what it is, and then our three-year-old daughter said, um, yeah, mom doesn't know what movie we got for her. So now you know it's a movie, and then, right. and then someone... And then our son was saying... And I was saying, I wonder, I was like, I have a guess of what movie it is. And our son was saying, What letter do you think it starts with? Is that said, what he said? Yeah, he said, What letter do you think it starts with? Do you think it starts with an M? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, Yeah, no, it's pretty much. I'm guaranteed. You're pretty sure you know what I'm it is. I'm like 99% sure. You're gonna go swap it for some other movie I that should. starts with an M. <laughs> if I was smart, I would do that. <laughs> hmm. What starts with M? And then I'd be sad because I wouldn't get the one I wanted. It's a good M movie. I can't think of Has one our audience one. figured it out? A recent movie release that starts with the letter M that mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other movies that start with an M. I can't think of any right now. Muppet Treasure Island. I'd be okay with that one. I like that movie. Mm, Middle March. No thanks. There's a movie that um, is just called M, but you would not uh that's not a mother's day kind of <laughs> movie i'll say that yeah m movies are blanking me we're recording later at night maybe i just can't think of any good ones right now but we always record later at night because we have children that's true if we recorded during the day there would be other would be sounds unlistenable <laughs> or pure genius It'd be interrupted a million times asking an artistic for experiment yeah yeah so what are we talking about today yeah i got on mother's day tangent but because Mother Day is coming up and we love moms, obviously, yes, of course. they're always fantastic characters in every story. You know, sometimes they're terrible, sometimes they're great. Mm-hmm. Terrible, like the mom entangled. That one comes to mind. She's, a, she's not a, her real mother. But she's a mother figure. True, true, true. Yeah. But we are talking about today, instead of talking about moms with their own biological children, we wanted to talk about other mothers mm-hmm. to go back to 500 Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. But in this Reference. case, yeah, mother figures. But yes, mother figures. Because fiction, we often talk about father figures and uh, mm-hmm. this father figure for a certain such and such character. But we don't talk often about mother figures. So that's the right. the direction we're, we're taking today. So we want to talk about our favorite mother figure characters and what makes them motherly. What makes them so great. Yeah. So how do you define a mother? I would say a mother is someone who cares for other people. And puts their needs before her own. Yeah, I agree. Which is always so hard, because it's not like dads don't do that. No, but I was looking at the actual formal definition of mother online, and it is very broad these days. (laughs) Like, there's one that says, um, you know, to birth a child, but then it says, like, next to it says dated. Right. The one above it, which is more... Adoption and everything else is just as much of, yeah. Right. And the other one above it was just to have care or affection for, for children, for one's children or something like that, so... And yeah, that could be a father for sure, but we're focusing on mothers today and mother figures. And, and some of these characters aren't mothers at all, and some of them are mothers, but we're going to talk about them in the context of not their biological children, but the way, the way that they act as a mother for characters whose mothers maybe aren't there or, or we don't see them or whatever. But, but before we get started, hmm. word of the episode. Oh, right. I almost forgot. I did too, but okay. it just came to me because mm-hmm. I have a good one. Okay, my word for you, Casey, is absconded, like to leave secretly or hurriedly, uh, typically to avoid detection of arrest for an unlawful action such as theft. Do I have to use it in that form, absconded, or can I use abscond? Like, can I, since it's a verb, can I? Yes, you can go abscond. Um, My word for you 
is inculcate, which means instill an attitude, idea, or habit by persistent instruction. So sometimes they use inculcate, um, like a synonym would be like ingrain or infuse or imprint. Okay, inculcate. Yeah. I don't think I've ever used that word in my life. It's a good one. Well, that's why we're doing this. Right. To, to Broaden our horizons here. Exactly. All right, which of these mother figures, where are we starting? Pick what you want. Me? Yeah. You're the mother. You should pick. On the, <laughs> you should be taking the lead on this and all episodes. And all episodes? Yep. I don't want to take the lead on all episodes. <laughs> I know. that's. I don't want that power either. What? Neither of us are leaders, which is not good. But I can be when the, <laughs> when the time, when the calls, time for calls for it. When nobody's doing when anything. nobody else is stepping up. I was quite the leader today. We had a, a church fundraiser mm-hmm. and I help out with the young women's group we were doing like a giant yard sale and we had tons of donations come in and so anyways no one was taking nobody was taking charge so I was pretty bossy this morning which is uncommon for me I'm proud of you I'm proud of me for being bossy yes <laughs> wouldn't you be proud of me if I was bossy I really would because you're not a bossy person mm-hmm. interesting how we get proud of people for doing things that uh, they don't generally do true why can't we just be happy with who they are I'm happy with who you are. You don't need to be more bossy. I'm just saying, <laughs> proud of you for stretching yourself. Well, speaking of stepping up when the time calls for it, let's start with McGonagall. Minerva McGonagall. It's a tough name yeah. to say. Minerva McGonagall. Do you remember a bit about her history? She doesn't have children. No, she doesn't. She was? Um, she was married? Yeah, she was married. To a muggle? No, she almost married a muggle. But she then loved did not. a muggle. She loved a muggle. She did not mm. marry him. But she did marry an, another gentleman whose name I don't remember, but he like lived in Hogsmeade while she was teaching at Hogwarts. Oh, she was still married in the time of, of the Harry mm. Potter stories? I don't remember. I think maybe he passed away mm. or something. Well, either way, she did not have children. She did not have children of her own. And what's interesting is you would consider her such a strict character that you might say that she's not very motherly. But she definitely cares for her students. Yeah, and I think it's important to see caring and affection in in different ways. Like absolutely, we, we those words have like connotations of warmth, which um, I wouldn't necessarily call McGonagall warm. At least in most not cases, generally. she's she's fairly cold. But but she's still caring and affectionate and just in her own her own way, her own personality. So, can you think of any instances where she acts motherly? I love the line when she's like, "Why is it always you three? And that sounds like such a mom. That's thing. what I thought too. I was thinking sometimes being a mom is being exasperated with the people that you care about. Yeah, I also think about when Mag- when um, Umbridge comes in and McGonagall seems to get so protective of her students. Of her students, absolutely. It's almost like I don't know what the analogy would be. It's like a, a new babysitter that comes in, but that doesn't really work because you can just get, fire that babysitter, but you can't get rid of Umbridge. So I don't know what the equivalent is, but yeah, I think she's just taken such good care of her students, and she's tried to, you know, inculcate them with all kinds of good standards and to teach them all these wonderful things. Mm-hmm. And so she celebrates their triumphs with them, although quietly. Um, also, can we talk about how she's like the iconic soccer mom sometimes? Like mm, <laughs> when it comes like to Quidditch, Quidditch yeah, because yeah, she <laughs> she's generally not very effusive, but when it comes to Quidditch, she's like she gets we need it. to win. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And she's but, very into it. Those are always the best characters that are um, they surprise you in certain situations. Yes, you know, like they're not. 
they're not one note. They're not the same in every situation because that's not real. That's not human. And so it's fun to see um, her let her hair down, uh, metaphorically speaking, um, in the Quidditch matches. Right. There's even points where she goes so far as to, you know, let things slide for Harry because she wants him on the Quidditch field. Mm. Never anything major. But, and she, I mean, she goes out of her way to make sure he gets his Nimbus 2000. Right. And they're breaking rules to get him in the first year, you know, to get him right. into, into Quidditch. So. It's not a rule. It's just a unspoken. It's a, more, it's a, more of a social thing. Yeah. I always picture it as a real rule. I don't think it's a rule. Pull out your Quidditch rule book. Hogwarts Quidditch rulebook. Because other first years have been on Quidditch teams. It's just been a long time. Okay. I think the last one might have been James. Now I can't remember. If we want to continue in the Harry Potter world, we got to bring up Molly Weasley. Yeah, she's another, She's one of the characters I mentioned that she is a mother, but not just to her own children. She mothers everyone who comes within her realm. Even the other adults. I mean, Lupin, Tonks, like... They're adults, but she's still taking care of them, inviting them over for Christmas, making sure they're healthy. She's having chats with Tonks when she's all heartbroken over Lupin, and she's just taking care of the people that she loves. And she's always the mother to a fault. Like, she's somewhat frustrating to read, and and I don't mean that in a negative way, just in a real way. Like, as you're reading it as a teenager, you're like, why doesn't she let, you know, Harry join the order? And, you know, she seems like a wall sometimes but it's all coming from that place of caring and love and wanting to protect absolutely should we talk about our favorite star wars mom oh yeah space mom yep not leia no i mean we'll we'll talk about leia but we're talking about hera from star wars rebels which if you aren't familiar with star wars rebels you should be because it's wonderful and hera is the pilot of the ghost and the owner of the ghost and she is like a mom to the to the crew and mm-hmm. um, she's sort of, in the Star Wars fandom, she's been given the moniker of Space Mom. And with good reason, because she's always caring and taking care of them. and um, Breaking up arguments between crew members. And she's very, like Mrs. Weasley, she's very like defending of her, excuse me, of her uh, adoptive children, so to speak. Like yeah, her, and, her crew. And she's very tough. And tough with the crew, tough with people outside the crew. I love Hera. She's probably in my top ten Star Wars characters. I'd agree. She's fantastic. In fact, she's my favorite alien character. Ooh. Hera's the best space mom. Does that make Kanan space dad? (laughs) Absolutely. You know that I... It's not even shipping at this point. Like, okay, so we're watching the Rebels series throughout, and we haven't... um, We're on season three, and I haven't seen it before. This is my first time through. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we... Oh, we just finished season three. We need to acquire season four so we we can keep going. But um, it's like... Not even shipping Kanan and Hera. It's, it's more explicit than... Um, it's explicit. I, I'd say it's shipping, but it's not like from a place of... You're not reaching if you're if you're shipping Kanan and, and Hera. Like it's I'm just going to say it's factual. I don't mean explicit like <laughs> the way you're thinking explicit. I just mean like Obviously, they implicit. never like kiss on you know screen. That we know of that through we know. season three. Through season three. We haven't seen season four yet. And but I'm just saying. There was that one moment. There was the other. <laughs> there, this is this appropriate for sure for our podcast? Okay, go for <laughs> it. I was joking the other night, not so joking, that we were watching an episode and, and Ezra, the young Jedi in mm-hmm. training, comes to Kanan's room and it's like the middle of the night. And why else would Kanan <laughs> not be in not his be room? Like where else is he going to be? Yep. I said he was in the refresher 
which is the Star Wars word for the bathroom. <laughs> but uh, I think you may be right with your implications there. I mean, yeah. I'm just going to put that idea out there. But yeah, Space Mom, Space Dad, they're a good crew. Yeah, good old Hera. So what do you want to say about Leia, our other favorite Star Wars Leia's Space Mom? Leia's interesting, well, because we're thinking in the context of Leia mothering Rey. And, and Poe. Poe, too, yeah. The way that she cares for them, and, and especially with Poe tries to teach lessons. Um, we get more of the caring side with, with Rey, and they're not really together that much, but um, all of their scenes do feel very motherly. Right, she's definitely looking out for Rey, or like, it feels like she sees a young Leia when she looks at Rey. You know, like, she kind of sees herself in her. Which is so, um, I love when characters mirror real life, just in the sense of Carrie Fisher and... Um, some of the advice that she gave to Daisy Ridley with um, coming into this big new world, being right. a fairly no-name actress. And uh, I think that's wonderful. And Leia's is interesting because she is a mom to Ben Solo, but we don't really get much of that relationship. We don't see it. It all happened in between Prior. time. Yeah. Is that going to be the next Star Wars movie? The in young between. the young Ben? I, I expect they'll explore Kylo Ren, books the early years. More than more than a movie but yeah we don't really get that relationship too much i mean we get the sense that i never get the feeling that leia blames herself for what happened with kylo ren like she immediately right, says, she says it's you know there's too much vader in him immediately, yeah, immediately says that it was snoke that sort of tempted him and i don't know i always get the feeling that han blames himself a little bit but leia does not and i could be wrong there and maybe leia's just keeping it in but leia always had that strength about her and no nonsense and like this seems to be another running theme for our moms here, is, or our mother figures, is... No nonsense. Strong, no nonsense. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, a mother is an interesting figure because you kind of have to be both, you know. You want to you wanna show the love and the kindness, but you also want to be firm and uh, keep them in line. Tough balance. So we have a list of ones we want to talk about, and they all start with M, almost all of them. We've got McGonagall. We've got Molly Weasley. Now we've got some more M's coming. They weren't all M. I mean, we've got Hera and Leia, but... It's uh, pretty, pretty, is that coincidence? I or, don't know. Or is M a good uh, mother's mother, yeah. <laughs> mothers of M? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's interesting is my uh, the next two mother figures we want to talk about are played by the same actress, my all time favorite, Julie Andrews. Um, she is both Maria in Sound of Music and Mary Poppins, two of the mothers we want to mother figures we want to talk about. Now Maria is interesting because I mean she does eventually become their mother and adopted you know a stepmom. Um, but she, you know, the whole, the majority of the movie up to that point, we see her, she's just motherly to the children. Right. She's in, at the start of the movie, she's abdicating her responsibility with the Abbey, but she doesn't really, I don't know how to explain it. Like she, she doesn't really fit in either. Like she's one of those characters that is sort of an outsider wherever she is. And, um, which I always love outsider characters. We should do an episode on outsider characters. They're like my favorite thing. And I never really thought about her that way, but she totally is sort of in between, and she doesn't fit in the abbey. In the, she doesn't fit in at the abbey, and then when she goes to the Von Trapp household, she definitely doesn't fit in there. And um, the film is sort of about her finding her place and fitting in. And but despite that being an outsider, her like personality doesn't doesn't really change. She's always that brutally honest. She's very stalwart. Strong, yeah. Um, she she doesn't really have to learn much to be a motherly figure. It seems very much a natural thing for her. Which is interesting because she goes in very, af- like, afraid. Seven children. What am I supposed to do with seven kids? But right off the bat, like, it doesn't take long for them to fall in love with her. 
no. for the kids to They play a few pranks, and, but yeah. once she welcomes them on a, on a stormy night. Yeah, exactly. See that comforting. Yeah. That's I'd true. say that Maria's a little bit more comforting than, um, you know, a strict or laying down the law with the kids. Yeah, for sure. Because she... They've already had that. They've already had that. They've had so much of that that she's willing to, you know, go the other way. Yeah. Um, give them the, the love and the, and the fun that they crave. And it, the wonderful parallel of that film is that she's had that strictness. And I think she that's why she that's hates true. it too. I hadn't thought about that because she comes from the Abbey. I haven't either until just the second. Which but, is a super strict environment. But yeah, I think that's what she... I mean, she's not even supposed to sing in the hallways and things like she... <laughs> and maybe that's why she might feel like an outsider at first because it's she's leaving the Abbey, but she's not really going anywhere new. It's... it's um, Still know. a very strict environment. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, and she never sells out the kids, like the pranks that she plays on them, that they play on her. She's willing to overlook them to try and gain their, their confidence, their trust. And it works. I mean, who doesn't want a, a, a motherly figure sing you lullabies on your down days? Yeah, who doesn't want Julie, Julie Andrews as a mother figure in your life? I mean, it's the it's, dream. It's the best, yeah. <laughs> Which we can go into Mary Poppins, who also sings to her wards her so charges to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously this is a little bit different because she's not becoming their stepmother or anything but no and she's another very strict character a very strict motherly figure like she expects them to you know follow the rules and don't dawdle and um she's very firm as a british nanny is supposed to be yeah but with her i always felt like some of her strictness was fake like it's for her to save face like she wants all these imaginative things to be happening but she's pretending like it's improper and it shouldn't be happening and i don't know right that's definitely well it's definitely a little bit more of a movie mary poppins versus the books Oh, okay movie mary poppins is a little more likable than the book mary poppins is generally more more strict much like nanny mcphee which is just Mary Poppins with another name. <laughs> that has Emma Thompson, and I love her too. So, uh, And it's not a bad thing. Nanny McPhee is a great movie. But but they do have a lot of similarities. Another motherly figure. Of course, you would hope that when you hire somebody to watch over for your ch- like watch over your children, they would be motherly in some way. Right, yeah. That's the, <laughs> if they're the there to try to you know fill in a little bit, you want them to be a, a generally motherly character. So I think we've decided that... Uh, we all just want Julie Andrews to sing to us. I think that's the, yeah, that is the... That's the definition of a good mom is one is who Julie can sing Andrews. like Julie Andrews. I was going to say, that's the, <laughs> that's the crux of this episode is Julie Andrews is the mother figure to end that we all, all mother want. figures. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We okay. could keep going because she also plays, I mean, she's the grandmother, but grandmothers are motherly figures mm. in uh, Princess Diaries. Yeah, she is a bit of a mother figure. Not... Genovia. <laughs> The land I call my home, Genovia, Genovia, forever will your banner wave. You didn't know I knew all the words to that, did you? I'm impressed you knew all the words. I mean, I know I know all the words to that song, but I believe that Princess Diaries is a totally underrated movie. I was just going to say that exact sentence. It is one of the most underrated of Disney films. Fantastic. And uh, I mean, it's got. Anne Hathaway put the movie put her on the map. Yes, it's got Julie Andrews. It's got Mandy Moore as sort of the <laughs> not nice girl. It's got that kid from Brink with the '90s hair. Ah, oh, yes, and, I forgot uh, about him. And what's his name from Rooney? Is that the band? Yeah, his, my favorite part is where his Wolverine hair at the end. Oh, th- yeah, that's you can't beat that. I hate that. 
You like that? No, hair? I don't. Oh, okay. You're being <laughs> I was, facetious. I was, yes, okay. exactly. Um, that's the one. That's the one complaint I have about that movie is his hair at the end. His Wolverine hair. Because his hair is so good prior it really to that. Is. They ruined it. They're like, oh, he's in a tux. We need to slick back that hair. Who but... slicks back their hair? No. It's a bad yeah. move. Yeah. That's... Unless you're Richie Rich. Unless you're. He can pull it off. Yeah, unless you're a, a yuppie. <laughs> um, what do you know about yuppies? <laughs> what I want to know is, do they mention what happens to his character in Princess Diaries 2? Yes. She mentions that they broke up, but they're still friends, and he's off with his band. That's bo- That's bogus. Yeah, but then she gets to fall in love with... Uh, Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Chris, Chris Pine. <laughs> yeah, Which Chris Pine. Which, they're making a Princess Diaries 3. You Are heard they this really? News, didn't I did you? not hear this news. <gasps> yeah, I believe that... Well, Anne Hathaway is in it, and I believe yes. Chris Pine is as well. I believe. Really? I, I could be wrong. Oh, man. It's is, funny, it them, this is it them married and ruling this Zenobia? This is pre-Star Trek Chris Pine, so you wouldn't think that he'd be back. Yeah. Well, but, you wouldn't think Anne Hathaway would be back either. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't really do it without her. I mean, you I could, think she has very positive feelings about it, like, in yeah. her life. And, um, yeah. And so I don't, I don't think she had any qualms about it. But And I'm putting words into her mouth. I don't really know. but uh, That's the best news yeah. I've had in a long time. When's it slated to arrive? You know, I don't know. I think it's it's pretty early. I don't think it'll be it's around anytime pre-production. soon. Pre-production. Yeah. It's in the talks. Tw- is that maybe twenty twenty, but probably like twenty twenty one. Which we can say things like twenty twenty. Is that weird? I was gonna say twenty twenty sounds weird enough, but when you start saying twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, it is the future. Weird. Yeah. Where's our hoverboards? Right, and our self self lacing Nikes. That's what. That's every mother's dream right there. Self-lacing shoes? Or For your children. Hoverboards? So you don't have to lace them all. I mean, Velcro's Jaws 19 and so 3D, that's what every mother's dream. Man, we why don't we own Princess Diaries? That's, that's a, a valid question. Sorry, that one doesn't start with M. We it doesn't, get, but you could still, still get it that's for me. That's the switcheroo I that's should make. That's the switcheroo. Yeah, like um, it doesn't even start with M. The kids would be so confused. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what happened with the other one? The three-year-old would love that movie. She would. Yeah. The whole princess fairy tale yeah. endeavor. Although it does have that trope that annoys me of girl with glasses is considered ugly. And Take once them the off glasses are off, they're beautiful. <laughs> As a glasses wearer, I'm offended by that trope. As um, a voluntary glasses uh, wearer. Well, but see mine is the reverse of that story i feel more attractive now than with i did as a teenager mm. and as a teenager i did not have glasses it wasn't until college that i needed glasses i don't think anybody feels attractive as a teenager and if you do mm. you've the people peaked who peaked really in early high school do and and that's just sad I'm, yeah i'm sorry if you peaked in high school i definitely did not peak in high school <laughs> i mean you've seen the pictures proof you've put it put the, it up on the interwebs casey you've seen the, the chin scruff and the non-glasses face and your hair might not have been slicked back but it was definitely the comb forward 90s it had that hard hanging your wet gelled look yeah that was popular then too i never (laughs) at least you never bleached it i did not i was gonna say because in junior high was when the bleach craze happened for for males bleach the tips and i i kind of wanted to but uh, i just never did i just i'm glad you never i just buzzed my head instead because (laughs) I don't know why. Me, me and Convenient. my athletic friends. Then you didn't have to do yeah, it. Yeah, that your was hair. part of it. Convenience and I don't know. I was weird. I mean, I'm still weird, but just different weird. It's okay, everyone felt weird. I'm as weird a and child. proud now. I'm not proud of that time in my life. <laughs> but I did enjoy Princess Diaries back then, and I still do. <laughs> 
Sorry, I'm just getting excited because we didn't plan to talk about Princess Diaries at all. And it just sort of came up. And now I just want to talk about Princess Diaries the whole time. (laughs) Well, maybe after the next movie comes out, we'll have a whole Princess Diaries episode. Yes. Discuss the trilogy. Yeah. Because it will be (laughs) a trilogy. trilogy. Forget Star Wars trilogies. (laughs) Got Princess Diaries over here. It will be. It will be among the greatest trilogies of all time. You've got Lord of the Rings. <laughs> right up there in Lord of the Rings. The original Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. You've got, well, Toy Story is not going to be a trilogy anymore. No. But there are various trilogies. What do you, what do you call a group of four? A quartet. A quartet, there you go. I, some people call it a quadrilogy, but that sounds weird. It does. I think there might be another name for it, but mm. quartet sounds better, which it doesn't really make sense because it's not like a, you call it a trio, but... yeah. Interesting. But I think quadrilogy. Generally, you just call it <laughs> a series. I think you just call it a, a series. series at that point. I suppose that's easier. Because like, like Star Wars isn't a trilogy; it's like a series of trilogies now. That's true. It's no longer three. It'll be three trilogies, yeah. which is just mind-boggling. I know we were trying to differentiate like the kids because our three-year-old daughter was getting confused. So about what our son and I, we were trying to differentiate like which group of movies we were talking about. Oh. So we were talking about how you have the original trilogy, mm-hmm. the prequel trilogy, and the sequel, sequel trilogy. trilogy. Which it's going to get really confusing when, because there's two trilogies planned for Star Wars. What are those going to be called? I don't even know. That's going to get hard because we've got, I don't know, the next trilogy. That's weird. The new trilogy. That's weird. This is, yeah. If it's set in the Old Republic, they'll probably just call it the Old Republic trilogy. I don't know. It's going to have some kind of title. To yeah. differentiate. But yes. Any other motherly figures that you wanted to discuss? I know you have a few on your list that I have no knowledge of. Yeah. So I've got take a few. It away. So let's uh let's mention a few here. Well, first of all, I was thinking Cinderella's fairy godmother and fairy godmothers in general are definitely motherly figures. Although interestingly, they usually only you they're usually only around for in you know, Cinderella's case, a night. But speaking of fairy godmothers, I was thinking of Mandy in Ella Enchanted. Which, if you've never read the book, you should. You should. Your children should. It's a fantastic one. But Mandy is also a fairy, and she's the godmother to Ella. And especially since Ella's mother had passed away, like she uh, becomes even more of a, a mother figure to her. She fills in where needed. Um, also on my list, I have Marilla Cuthbert. She's interesting because, well, we were talking about this, Casey, she does technically adopt Anne, but because Anne is a little bit older, like Anne never calls her mom. She always seems a little bit more like an aunt than a, you know, a mother figure to Anne. Or I mean, like an actual mom, but she is definitely a mother figure. Um, she, she's a, she's another very strict mother as well. I find it hard to talk just to the mic. i'm learning new things while you talk about this i'm over here learning new things about princess diaries it's like so the the what's the boyfriend's name in the first one oh i can't remember now so he's the lead singer of rooney yes he's a schwartzman which i don't didn't know he's in the whole schwartzman coppola cage family like nicholas cage is his maternal cousin interesting um and, you know, he's got his middle name is Coppola and his last name is Schwartzman. If you know Jason, Jason Schwartzman, if ah. you know him from from various um, Wes Anderson, various Wes Anderson movies or. Um, I could see that a little bit. In the, he's the last in um, the look there. The last evil ex in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that's his brother. I didn't know he was a Schwartzman. I don't know. how. <laughs> As the youth say, I was today years old when I learned that. 
and uh that's a phrase i've never heard that phrase you have a a good life <laughs> you're just what not do you mean you're just not on the internet much nope <laughs> and it's a well that's not true i'm on the internet plenty but when i go to sewing sites about smocking <laughs> the people are all older than i am there's not, youths on, there's there not youths on there i was today years old when i learned what a something something stitch was what's a what's a cool stitch I don't know, a lazy daisy. Okay. I was today years old when I learned how to do a lazy daisy stitch. Is that a real thing or are you punking me? No, that's a real stitch. (laughs) I like the way it sounds. Lazy daisy. You know who else is a good mother figure in Princess Diaries? Joe. Hector Elizondo's character. He is. He is a mother figure. Yes. I mean, he even buys her some some pantyhose, tosses them into the back of the limousine there. (laughs) What a guy. helping her out he's like do i have to wear the the heels you know gives her some heels anyways marilla cuthbert is that who you were talking about <laughs> yeah before i, I got very sidetracked by your gasp of excitement on your phone there i was just excited to learn about schwartzman <laughs> and then also talk about joe but uh i'm sorry i i just have no i mean i've watched the end of green gables series as we talked about but that was a long time ago too so was well, that's another one i don't own It'd be appropriate Mother's Day gift. I'm just happy to let you have the mic. I feel like I have the mic all the time. And <laughs> I take over and get overly, I don't know, passionate about it. So I'm glad that you've got something that I have no entry point at, on. I just feel like it's hard to talk straight to the mic. I need some give just and take. picture your listeners out there. They can't give back. They give back all the time. <laughs> We've got four or five star reviews right now on iTunes. I'm pretty happy about that considering that... How many are from family? That's our real test there. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know all of them. We appreciate our family listeners just as much, yeah. obviously. I've got people that talk to me that aren't family. They are friends. But, good. But uh, no, we've got, we've got newer listeners all the time. So hello <laughs> out there. and Welcome. And welcome. And we hope you like Princess Diaries because that's what this episode Keeps has turned into. popping back up. <laughs> We didn't know when we started. This is about mother figures and princess diaries. It's because princess diaries was a mother figure in my life. Can I just take a few minutes to talk about how princess... <laughs> so, no, I have nothing further to say. But I'm just trying to find a way to like squeeze it in. As much there. as possible. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just surprised that I've never sung... I've never, I've never regaled you. Is that the right word, way to use yes. the word? With the Genovia national anthem before i'm i've heard you sing the genovia part but, but not, i don't not think the full thing yeah not the full thing hmm. it's gonna be a staple in our house from now on the whole thing <laughs> the children will just grow up knowing like, it what are you talking about? just like lately speaking of funny things that you teach your children if you know parks and rec you know the uh Gergich family mm-hmm. that sings eggs bacon and toast yes. <laughs> well we've been singing that with the kids lately Except we say winters, start your start day, your the, day the winter's way instead of the Gurgitch way. Which, which we don't start the day with eggs, bacon, and toast. No, but who's got time to get up and make eggs, bacon, and toast? The Gurgitch family does. When your children want to eat at 6 a.m., no. Speaking of mother figures, Leslie Nope is a mother figure to she everyone, but especially everyone. to April. Ooh. Especially to April. Yeah, how did we not put her on our list? I was thinking about She's an her. intense mother. Can we just... Yeah, that's true. Can we just say like... Like <laughs> you, if you agree to let her be your mother figure, so to speak, you better be sure what you're getting into. Right. I mean, nobody will care more in an almost frightening way. 
she's like all of these mothers rolled together and then pushed to the nth degree it's, <laughs> it's terrifying but also beautiful fantastic leslie nope although she's not very motherly when it comes to like the iconic clean your room kind of thing because we've seen her house and it's oh, like hoarders that's, that's, yeah but not every mom is clean that's uh i think that's a stereotype yeah but every mom wants their children to be clean <laughs> Do you think so? I think even if you yourself are not the cleanest person, you really wish your children were. I think all mothers come in all shapes and sizes. And I think that not every mother cares as much about that and that that's okay. I suppose they're out there. Yeah. Who else you got? Well, I only have one more mother on my list. And this is a shout out to a book I just finished reading called Beyond the Bright Sea, which was really good. I definitely recommend it. Um, Felt a little Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer-like, but it's about a little girl named Crow, and she washes up on a beach, and there's an older gentleman who she names Osh. As she she gets older, that's what she calls him is Osh, and um, he takes care of her. But there's also their their neighbor on the little accompanying island. Her name is Miss Maggie. Another M. Another M. And she's an older lady who's never been married, never had her own children, but she definitely... Takes to crow and, you know, is her, like, is literally her homeschool teacher and is always, you know, bringing food over when she's sick and just caring for her and being the ultimate in a in a friend and companion to her. Also, just go read the book because it's really good. Beyond the Bright Sea. It's got a great cover and it looks interesting. So It's a good one. Maybe my favorite book I've read so far this year. Nice. And you've read a lot already. Um... Define a lot. More than two. (laughs) It's May, actually, so I would say more than one a month. Yeah, I probably average four five books a month. To the average human, that's a lot. Mm. Granted, I read a lot of, like, young adult. Because they're the best. They really are. They're my favorite. I'm just saying they tend to be a little bit shorter. Any final words about mother figures? Well, before we go watch Princess Diaries, let's wrap this episode up. We don't own it. Life will find a way let's uh yeah let's wrap this episode up thanks for joining us and listening and this was a little bit more of a chill episode we'll probably have a few more chill episodes in a row because got a big school one in the is trying to kill me and i'm almost done with coursework and anyways we we don't have as much time to devote to deep research like some of our other deeper episodes but that's okay we have fun with these ones and we get good feedback on the silly episodes as well so find us on instagram and twitter at elsewhere underscore pod make sure to spread the good news about Hello from elsewhere. We we really do love our listeners and and they're the uh, best. We're so grateful for all of you, and um, we're gonna keep doing this despite our crazy schedules. And do you feel like a mother figure to our our listeners? Do you care for them? I do deeply? care for them and and have affection for them. Yes, I will throw pantyhose to them in the back of the limo. Yep, that's in San Francisco. My contribution. Happy beeps. Happy beeps. <laughs>